to three o'clock. This week on Trash Talk, Marcy Trent Long speaks with Fergal Che and Oscar Wong, two students from Hong Kong University Architecture, about their research on how can Victoria Harbour be protected from rising coastal threats with China water risk. Hey, Trash Talk listeners, do you remember the damage wrought by Typhoon Manget and all the plastic that came ashore from the ocean into housing complexes? Well, according to international experts, that could happen again any time with sea swells reaching five to seven meters. So today we're going to veer away a little bit from waste to discuss the potential impacts of sea level rise on Victoria Harbor and in Hong Kong. Recently, two architecture students from the University of Hong Kong chose to participate in a project where they were tasked to answer the question, how can Victoria Harbor be protected from rising coastal threats? So Oscar Wong and Fergal Tsa worked with China Water Risk to come up with some innovative design ideas and are here on the show to share them with us today. Welcome, Oscar and Fergal. Nice to have you on. Yep. Hi. Well, we'll start with um, kind of the big general question, which maybe you both want to chime in on, and that is, uh, why should the younger generation be included in the conversation about climate change resilience? Um, well, personally, for me, I think uh, the younger generation, because um, I feel like uh, our generation basically lived through this environmental green movement, and we like firsthand experience, you know, the different types of effects of climate change, whether that be uh, temperature fluctuations or natural, uh, natural disasters. So I feel like we have a better sense of the consequences of uh, climate change. And also uh, through um, just like the education system, it's like one of the most contemporary topics uh, that is covered. So I believe that um, through our studies and through uh, just the natural progression of things, we have like a better conscious decision of uh, climate change and how to uh, mitigate it. Right. Mm. Yeah. And then it's you. What do you think, Fergal? Just as Oscar said, we have been living through uh, constant climate change throughout our lives, particularly through high school. Um, teachers at school would teach us about climate change and also the effects of it. But not only that, we've experienced it for ourselves, particularly Mancut a few years ago, where uh, we were able to personally see the damage it has done to Hong Kong and also how that has affected our day-to-day lives. And um, I think it is also, it is all of our responsibility. It is our moral responsibility to ensure that our way of living now would not negatively impact our future and that we should do what we must to protect the world so we can live another day. Right. Well, I hope, I hope the people of the older generation, which includes me, are, um, are listening and we appreciate your guys' voices. So, well, maybe you could tell us a little bit about the research project. So, um, why did you get involved with the group China Water Risk for the project? Yeah, so um, so the research project we did was um, under a design course at HKU. And, um, and our brief there was to collaborate with an NGO to conduct research through design thinking. So 
so we chose CWR, China Water Risk, which is a Hong Kong-based nonprofit think tank that focuses on embedding water and climate risks in business and in a finance perspective, so that we can make better decisions today for water tomorrow. So um, after talking to them and also collaborating, we chose to solve a simple yet complex question, which was, how can Victoria Harbour be protected from rising coastal threats and also sea level rise? And through um, developing our question, we chose to look at it through two different perspectives, which would be overseas and also local. So for uh, overseas, we looked at existing architectural interventions and also policy implementations from different overseas countries. And we found out that a lot of the decisions that they made was directly correlated to how close they were to the ocean and also the amount of assets they had near the sea. So they were putting and, they were putting more yeah. effort in it, the more that they were potentially at risk. Yep. So we found out that a lot of Scandinavian countries would have a lot of interventions put in place but then more landlocked countries or like more countries that are not near the sea would have more relaxed policies against sea level rise and also coastal threats. And, um, and like using that information, we then created a framework with uh, policies according to the objectives of protecting the land, accommodating sea level rise and also avoiding and also retreating. Okay, After that, when we, and those are yeah. assuming this like five to seven meter sea swells, right? Yeah. So a lot of these countries did their predictions according to uh, the different RCP levels, where 8.5 would be the worst case scenario and uh, 2.6 would be the best case scenario. For, so we found out that a lot for of sea yeah. level rise, right? Yep. Okay. So then um, a lot of the countries. Um, that had a bigger risk for uh, for like sea level rise, but uh, choose the RCP 8.5 scenario, where um, where they would project that sea level rise would increase by five meters, whilst other countries would uh, take a more relaxed option, and uh, and then we looked at different intervention strategies for that. Okay, so maybe um, what were some of the intervention strategies? Because that's pretty interesting. Like in your design, it was interesting to see how we might be changing Victoria Harbor going forward to create some of these strategies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the couple of um, strategies that we looked at um, were mainly architectural interventions. Um, and uh, I would say uh, most of them aren't necessarily built, but the ones that are built there's a basically uh, there's a very um, blunt way of doing it, which is basically like creating a concrete wall structure uh, similar to ones like uh, in Japan. Um, and then there's also uh, more innovative um, interventions where it's basically like a automated gates that uh, opens and closes based on um, varying sea level um, statistics uh, from like um, computer softwares. And then based on that, um, these like huge gates, which are basically anchored from like uh, reclaimed land, would open and close. Wow. So there's a lot of yeah, there's a lot of uh, variation with um, the different types of how different countries go about it. Um, and there's also like a lot of uh, passive strategies with um, using plants such as like mangroves, etc. So um, there's a lot of ways to go about it. So would you say that in your lifetime, you might see the cultural center in Kowloon protected by 
large gates that open and close if we have sea level rise? Mm, possibly. Okay, like the short answer is possibly, but I think um, a better question is uh, to really talk about um, the sea level rise in Hong Kong right now and really uh, explore those different types of interventions so we can ensure that uh, the one that is implemented at Hong Kong is fully responding to uh, the sea level rise as well as uh, other factors such as social factors are implemented. So like basically creating a dialogue before uh, implementing the intervention, I would believe is like the best way to go about it. All right. And is that dialogue starting to take place, you feel? We see that a lot of the dialogue nowadays do take place. We see um, a lot of advocacy happening and uh, in, um, in, like different events in Hong Kong. But we personally feel like that these dialogues aren't aggressive enough to combat climate change. A lot of the changes that we might make now um, would um, would not be effective in um, in like 50 years or 100 years time because of how quick sea level rise would happen. So um, so we do believe that there should be more advocacy happening and that we should have a more uh, stronger and a bigger conversation to look at um, the ways that we can take to prevent sea level rise in Hong Kong. And you, you also mentioned some steps that Trash Talk listeners should take when considering the impacts of climate change on Hong Kong, like what what are some of the things, aside from mitigation, what are some of the things that mm. we could be doing right now? Mm -hmm. I think the biggest uh, theme about climate change is uh, basically like educating yourself and also just observing uh, from day-to-day -day live uh, life um, how climate change affects us globally as well as locally. So for instance, I mean, uh, like this week in Hong Kong, there's like a huge uh, fluctuation of temperature. So basically like yesterday was um, like 25 degrees, but uh, today, this morning I checked, um, it was like uh, 18, 18 <laughs> degrees. Yeah. yeah. So these types of like, these like small weather changes, like they actually speak like great volumes of how much climate change is changing the world. And um, I think just uh, thinking about these unconscious, uh, thinking about it more consciously instead of unconscious and how to how it harms the environment to day to day um is a good uh step yeah oh that's great so where can everybody find uh the research project that you guys worked on we have all of our research findings and and also our experiences and our thoughts and we wrote it all on an article on the china water risk website and uh and and from there, you can see um, all of the policy um, implementations that we um, that we recommend that Hong Kong could take, depending on uh, whether we want to protect Hong Kong from the sea level rise, whether we would want to accommodate it. And from there, we also um, shared some of the findings that we took when we did a focus group with uh, with the young people in Hong Kong. And we also have some recommendations, such as um, such as different architectural interventions that we can take to protect Hong Kong from sea level rise. Well, it's very interesting. I'm glad you guys are bringing this 
very important issue just out up for discussion. And um, boy, there's a lot more talking that we need to do about it, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Oscar and Fergal, I hope you guys will continue this kind of research at the University of Hong Kong and we need new ideas. And thank you very much for coming in to talking to us. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having us. Okay, have a great day. You can find all the Trash Talk episodes on iTunes and the RTHK On The Go app. Thanks to our partners, Plastic Free Seas. If you like what you hear, I also host the Sustainable Asia podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube for a more in-depth look at sustainability issues here in Asia.